You're listening to Infinite TBR, the podcast where we try not to buy more books. I'm Smack. And I'm Gabby. Spoiler alert! We're going to avoid major spoilers, and when we can, warn when we're going to discuss a particular book in detail so you can avoid that part of the episode. You can also check the show notes for time-stamped flags identifying potential spoilers. So, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Post-Mysterious Galaxy Summer Bingo. Quite a bit post at this yes, point. Yes, it is quite, yes. But that's okay. Time has no meaning. I don't know what month it is anymore. I don't know what day it is anymore. This could be 2024 for all ah! I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for 2024. <laughs> I was going to say 2023, but then I was like, it is actually almost 2023. I wouldn't know if it is 2023. Yep. So that let's, actually let's plausible. go a year farther. <laughs> Lose a year there somewhere. I think I already have. But that means it is, it is time for our annual <laughs> Mysterious Galaxy the Summer The second Bingo. annual. The second annual. <laughs> annual in the sense that we've done it twice. Yep. Throwdown, showdown, one-on-one, PvP. I don't know if we came up with a final name We did not, but I'm pretty sure you sort of rambled through all those words the last time we did this. (laughs) Possibly in that exact same order. I actually wouldn't be surprised. Anyway. Anyway. So we wrote down every title that we read for the Mysterious Galaxy Summer Bingo. 24 each. 24, because there was a free spot. Mm -hmm. So we wrote down the title and the author. We put them on little scraps of paper and swapped piles. So I will be pulling titles of books that Gabby read for Bingo. And Gabby will be pulling titles that I read for Bingo. And then we're going to (laughs) fight! You definitely said it in that exact same tone. So if we get a little repetitive, (laughs) (laughs) that's why it's the annual. We're just going to do the same thing every year. The only thing that will change are the titles. Maybe. And and I'm definitely going to win again. No. Absolutely. It's my turn. Is it? We'll see. (laughs) I say that, but there are some titles that I'm like... You can just have. Right. Yeah. As we were like <laughs> writing these down, there were definitely some where I was like, I'm going to win this one. I will fight for this one. Mm, she's going to win this one. She's going to win this one. And I do want to point out that last year, well, both years, when you do blackout bingo for Mysterious Galaxy, you are entered into a raffle mm-hmm. and you get extra entries if the titles you read for bingo you purchase during the, the bingo reading season. Right. <laughs> season i don't know time period (laughs) summer there we go um so last year i did like eight and i was very excited about my odds until it turned out somebody read right that's a lot of books to buy 24 titles they just bought them all i have no idea who it was they won yep so this year i decided i wasn't gonna buy any titles did you end up not buying i didn't buy a single title (gasps) Well, for bingo. I did buy books over the summer. But you didn't count them toward bingo. Yes, and I only read books for bingo that I have owned for a while. Okay. So you didn't get to check off that box for any of them. Even if Right. So I only got one raffle entry. Right. I think the only (laughs) For some reason you didn't understand that earlier? No, 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 I did. In my head for just today, just Mm -hmm. now as we were talking. 
I was like, surely we got a bingo slot. I was thinking a bingo slot for, or a lottery slot for every square and oh. then additional for it. But no, it's no. one for <laughs> achieving blackout, which yes. we both did. And then additional single entries for every book you buy that's on that list. Yes. From Mysterious Galaxy. Which During, a bingo yes. time frame. Okay. Which I knew before tonight. I just... It's been a while. It's been a while. I did actually end up buying some of them. I don't remember which ones I actually ended up buying in the zone. Mm -hmm. Because I definitely bought some of them, either incidentally or on purpose. And I did try and wait until the end, until I, like, knew which ones that I loved enough to get. To own. Yeah. And then I remember, like, the last week... I don't remember why. I feel like we had maybe gone to go spend money somewhere else, possibly <laughs> also on books. And I was like, I shouldn't buy any more books. <laughs> so I didn't. And then I think like fully a month later, I did actually go oh, back. No. And I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and get these because I did still love them. And I do actually want to get them. But I don't remember how the timing on that worked out. But anyway, I did get some additional raffle entries, but... But neither, neither of us, us won. won. So it's probably so what I should have prefaced that way. <laughs> this episode would have started a lot more exciting. <laughs> either of us. Probably would have happened a lot earlier, too. Yes. <laughs> Closer but to the end. One of, of us is definitely going to win this throwdown. It's true. Unless we tie. You say one, one of us, but I will win again. No. I am One the reigning champion. I have not that been the reigning champion you. of anything since like <laughs> since like summer reading in elementary school where you get like Oh, like a pizza, pizza hut. hut. Yeah. yeah. I missed that. That was like God, that was good programs. I'm shiny stickers. Shiny stickers and pizza. And pizza. It's amazing. One year we do this, we should have steaks. We should have a prize. Like one of us has to get the. Other. I thought you meant like steaks that you eat, and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't eat red meat. Winner gets a steak. Yuck. <laughs> Prepared by. <laughs> well, sorry. Amazing. Okay. Uh, last year, this did end up going into two episodes. So we're gonna get halfway and then find out what time it is. Yes, and also a number of these titles. We've we've talked about in previous oh, yeah. episodes, so like we're gonna skim through those. Mm -hmm. Probably also skim through the ones that we don't really feel like fighting over. Sure, <laughs> but so yeah, probably that two are, episodes. Any that are worth describing to yes. listeners, we will of course. We're just advocating for. Yes. All right. Okay. Ready. One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. Spell on Wheels, Volume One. Can you <laughs> Hardly Haunted by Jesse Sima. Aww. I'll fight you on this one. We've talked about Spell on Wheels in the past. Yeah, Hardly Haunted is a children's book. Jesse Sima is the one who wrote Not Quite Narwhal and Perfectly Pegasus. Oh, those are sweet. They're so cute. And they wrote this Hardly Haunted, which is this precious story about a, I don't know if anthropomorphic is the right word, but a haunted house. Uh-huh personified sentient? it has thoughts a sentient haunted house that's like telling the story that basically. is not horror correct the haunted house just a sentient haunted <laughs> house could have a couple of different ways it plays out in this particular case it just wants a family <gasps> that's so sweet i know spell so on wheels still wins though <laughs> I think I'm very sweet. 
I think I will give it to you only because there's more to spell on wheels. Like, there's more of a, like, there's... There, it's, it has some substance. Ha Hardly Haunted was freaking adorable, and there was a cat jumping around, <laughs> of course. Bonus point. That's the haunted house was, like, selling itself, and it's like... I might actually have to read this. It's adorable. really cute. And then at the end, it finds, like, a family of ghosts to move <gasps> in. Of ghosts? Yeah. Wait, isn't it already haunted? Well, like, that's what I mean. Like, the house is... Aware? Aware. And wants a family to live in it, but, like, normal live humans are too scared to live in it. Uh, and then eventually a family of ghosts is like, is this there, is the perfect yeah. house for us. We don't mind the wind that blows through and makes the house all creaky oh, and waily and stuff. And then the house gets a family and the Aww. family gets a house. And then it's a haunted house. Okay. And then it's like a haunted, haunted house. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You know. Um, <laughs> okay. So you're... Okay, losers, winners. Okay. All right. That's fine, because we use different pens, colors. We'll just count them out at the end. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Look at us. Totally planning ahead. That. Sort okay. of. Okay. Oh. The Widow of Rose House <laughs> by Diana Biller. Help! My launch plan sucks! <laughs> Okay, I want to preface this with, like, I read quite a number of non-fictional self-publishing books right. this summer because, surprise, I want to self-publish stuff. Yay! Um, and maybe we'll do a different episode on the economics of publishing. That oh, would yeah. be actually really exciting. That's definitely on our to-do list. Anyway, uh, The Widow of Rose House, we both read it, we both talked about mm -hmm. it, and we both really liked it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it so much. Yeah, she went out and bought her own copy. Oh, That's yeah. She loved because it, so. there was a freaking tiny, adorable, like, travel-sized copy of Barnes & Noble for, like, nine bucks. Yeah. And I was like... It's a weird it size. In my I wrote down the dimensions. Seven inches by four and a half it inches. Was so it was the weirdest little, it's like a, not a mass market paperback, but a trade paperback, except smaller. Yeah. Like, itsy bitsy adorable. I wish all paperbacks came that size. I think it was some kind of like Barnes and Noble special. I'm sure. Anyway, um, uh, Help My Launch Plan Sucked is... By Mal and Jill Cooper. Yes. And that was actually the entry for my LGBTQ authors because they are known as the writing wives. <laughs> <laughs> Which felt like cheating. But Why? Because it was nonfiction, probably. <laughs> it was good. It was helpful. It was not the widow of Rose House. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> We're tied. Come on. <laughs> Don't keep track. It's supposed to be a surprise. Okay. <laughs> okay. The Last Dragon Slayer mm -hmm. by Jasper Ford. 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 <laughs> two or three Fs. <laughs> An Uncommon Charm by <gasps> I win. Yes. And Cat Weaver. 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 Cat Weaver. and Weaver. Emily another Bergstein pair of, and Cat Weaver. Another pair of writing wives. Also cute. So tell me about Uncommon Charm. Uncommon Charm. <laughs> Is it's sort of hard to define. Is this it's, the one that makes Mac shelf that has like the pretty cover? The blue? Yeah, but that lots yes, of things are blue. It's but. pretty and the font is sparkly. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like gold foil ish. I don't give me that look. I gave it to you. It was also the best book of the month for 
Oh, my newsletter at one point. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. And so this is one of the Neon Hemlock novellas. Neon Hemlock is a really small press that does dark queer novellas and mm-hmm. short stories. And Uncommon Charm is what they call a champagne gothic because it takes place in the 1920s and the roaring 20s, except there's magic. And the main character is like upper crust aristocracy. Her mother is like the prime magician of the empire or something. She worked for the military during World War One, so it's the interwar period. Okay. And this girl is so delightful. She is like the center the sun around which everyone else revolves when you're in a room with someone. And she's so smart and she just got expelled because of reasons. Okay. <laughs> so she's home with her crazy smart, sort of antisocial mother and her mother's newest student named Simon. I should look up her name. Uh, Julie, I believe is her name. Julia. Julia. Oh yeah. Julia and Simon. So they become best buds and it's... Your reviews just says perfection in all caps. <laughs> it was so good. I read it twice. Ooh. Um, and I made it the best book of the month, one of those months, on my newsletter. Because it's just such a lovely... It's a story that doesn't have, like, a clear plot. But it's about this girl, Julia, who is sort of leaving behind childhood, surrounded by her friend Simon and her mother, who are both super supportive and waiting for her to come to them for questions or help or just emotional support and there's this neighboring family where her mother almost married the dad Mm -hmm. and he's been like sort of pining for her but not really because he like he's he's very happy in his marriage they have like six kids and julia is best friends not best friends she's really good friends with all of them they're part of the family but there are some dark secrets (gasps) And it's, dun, dun, dun. It's, it's the kind of dark secrets that adults know but don't talk about. Mm. And so to leave childhood and find out that the people you look up to and the people you love know these things and it's just part of their everyday life knowing mm. these things and learning a new aspect to the adults around you in learning how they respond to these dark, this darkness right. in their lives. So like it is gothic. Right. But, like, there are parties. Julia is just vivacious. And she's just such a goddamn delight. And Simon is so nice. And I just love them. And and I just... I I win. (laughs) I'm taking this around. Okay, that's... I mean, that's fair. Um, The Last Dragon Slayer by Jasper Ford. People might be more familiar with Jasper Ford. Sorry, Jasper Ford. He wrote The Air Affair. Uh, which is the first of the Thursday next. Air like Jane Air? That's how it's spelled. I think they're like time travel. What? Literature mysteries, what? I think. <laughs> time travel, cloning. Literature is taken very, very seriously. Oh, there are people just like fighting about classic literature. So this has been on my TBR forever, the Jane Affair. Or the Jane, the Air Affair, sorry. Oh, so this is the one you didn't read. This is the one I didn't read, but, but that's the one he's more, known for. Yeah. Okay. So what about the last Thursday next sale? is a literary detective who goes inside books from her futuristic time travel world. That's the Thursday next series. Heard very good things about this. The last Dragon Slayer we read for the book club I have with our number one fan, Laura. 
and assorted other friends and assorted <laughs> other high school friends and the last dragon slayer is a middle grade oh about a 15 year old orphan named jennifer who and we talked about this during our book club about this aspect that i think he meant as this parody on this trope in the fantasy genre where the main characters are often like orphans and then mm-hmm. are thrown into situations that are extremely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So in this world, she basically runs, she administers sorcerers in this world where magic is very highly, it's this, uh, it's a very bureaucratic system. Mm-hmm. So every time anyone casts a spell, they have to like file all this paperwork. And so that's kind of her, she's filling in for the actual like head administrator person okay. who has disappeared. Oh. So she's administering everyone. It's a very quirky world. Like okay. they live in like the ununited kingdoms. <laughs> Jasper Ford must be a Brit the way it's written. Right. A lot of British humor in there. And there are these designated plots of land called the Dragon Lands where each park has these like acres and acres of land that people cannot access have dragons in them and we're down to the last dragon and there's this position called the last dragon slayer like a bureaucratic position like a it's like a chosen one type of situation (laughs) so um and it gets passed on and Uh, but i mean that happens like halfway through the book or whatever it's the whole thing but and i don't remember this was long ago we're reading the third one now mm-hmm. so the first one was long been enough a while. Ago <laughs> that i don't quite remember the details but th- that's the it overall was good enough that you've frame. made it to the third book yeah they're fun they're middle grade they're fast i remember thinking I'm trying to remember what i the climax and ending was kind of weird because it was like fun and lighthearted and quirky and then it leads up to this like very abrupt tone change i don't know how to get into it without kind of a big spoiler (laughs) but the point is the tone did this very dramatic shift at the climax and then very abruptly resolved in a like Mm. kind of not a very consistent way and some of her decision making wasn't very consistent so i think i ended up giving it like four out of five stars like enjoyable but not perfect yes so um and the sequels are fun it's very like they're fast, fun, and quirky when yeah. you just want something fast, fun, and quirky. So that was The Last Dragon Slayer. And there is, uh, the best part about them is um, she does have, like, an animal companion called a cork beast. Yes! And the cork <laughs> beast, they describe as, like, something like a mix of a velociraptor, a dog, and, like, a whole bunch of knives. <laughs> and it just, like, it eats anything. It tends to, like, specific, like, metal things. <laughs> And it looks terrifying. <laughs> of course and it the does. only sound it makes is it goes quark. And just but like they're very loyal yeah. creatures. So when they attack I should you, hope so if you have that many knives yes. made of your body. And they get into the lore of them more in the second <clears throat> book, and it turns out there can only be up to like thirty-six at a time, and each one has a mirror image of itself. Oh. And I will say Jasper Ford is very, very bad at math. This has been my <laughs> ongoing, ongoing, my biggest pet peeve about these books is his math makes no sense. <laughs> like, he'll say on one page that there's, like, seven minutes to do a thing. And then the next page, they'll, like, land somewhere. And then he, they'll say, with nine minutes to spare. <laughs> and I'm like, 
But we had seven minutes. Where did the extra two minutes go? And I don't... And it's like things like that. It drives me insane. And like basic multiplication is driving me insane. But anyway... um, They're traditionally published, right? I think so. So he decided... He Someone. and his editor, yeah, his copy editor, <laughs> no one has caught this. and his proofreader all decided that was fine. And there have been at least three instances where I was like, "The math doesn't make sense." That's insane. <laughs> Which I only say because the the quark beast math I haven't totally thought through. But this whole idea where like each one has a mirror image, and then that one will have a mirror image, mm. and then somehow the f- number of reflections adds up to 36. So there are 36 quarks. There can be up to 36. Mm. And they split is how they reproduce. They kind of like do this weird mitosis thing, except when they split, they become reflections. And if they're together for too long, nuclear explosion. What? So as soon as they split, they have to go diving. <laughs> well, they like to hang out because they're like lonely creatures yeah. by design. So they don't want to separate. So like oh. the beast handler people have to like dive in and take one of them away. Oh, it's so I know. sad. It's a really sad thing. Oh. Anyway, animal companions. Yay. <laughs> Made of knives. Yes. Okay. So yeah, <clears throat> so you win that one. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> you read yours. Recognize fascism, edited okay. by Crystal Huff. Which we have talked about in the past. Yes, and I think that's in my pile somewhere, too. This one, for you, is Handbook for a Post-Row America Ooh. by Robin Marty. So, that was... I listened to the audiobook on that one, and I will say that it's not a good one to audiobook. Oh, good. Just because... I say because I don't own the audiobook. Right. But I do own the paperback. It's nice as a resource. It's very much functions as a handbook resource, like something something to to refer refer to. to. Jinx. (laughs) So it's a lot of, like, phone numbers and websites. And whoever did the audiobook went ahead and just read out every phone number and web page. And I was like, buddy, (laughs) I am not, I'm listening to this in the car. (laughs) I'm not going to write these down. And if I need to refer to them again, I'm just going to go get a hard copy. Um, but otherwise, it was an excellent resource, covered. It so if you're hard of hearing, the definitely get the yes. audiobook. Yeah, you yeah, will yeah. have every number. Yes. Assuming they haven't changed recently. So that's the other thing, is it's definitely one of those things where they keep coming up with, I guess, the updated, or at least once they've come out with a Yeah, I think I've got one. an updated mm-hmm. one. But it is definitely like the type of thing, especially resources in that sphere are mm-hmm. not going to be super permanent. Right. But otherwise, it's pretty much what it says on the tin. So okay. It's a good thing. Well, a good resource. You've read both. I mean, I enjoyed Recognize Fascism more, but <laughs> that's more valuable on a day-to-day kind of thing. So I don't, I honestly don't know how we to just call it a tie. Line. Yeah. That okay. works for me. Um, Ties go over here. Okay. <laughs> what do you got? Scales and Sensibility by Stephanie Burgess, which we've talked about before. I'm going to butcher this person's oh, name. I got this. Okay. <laughs> this is Manga Jeans Basic Japanese Through Comics, which is basically a Japanese language learning. Yeah. Not a textbook, but yeah. But it's actually one of the best language learning resources I've ever seen. Because So Japan has this very thriving manga and magazine, like, 
business, like a lot mm-hmm. of their literature is published as manga. Yeah. And so what they did for this language learning guide is they have one to three panels from different published comics, like popular oh. comics. So they pick like a language topic, like going over like subject markers or like a, they'll go over like idioms and they pick instances where those idioms are used in comics. So you get That's to see cool. how it's actually like, and since they're comics, you see like the action and yes, the caption. Exactly. That's very cool. And then they have the direct translation in the Japanese scripts. Mm-hmm. So the kanji and the hiragana and whatnot and the katakana. And then they have like the direct English translation. Like if you translated it word for word. word. Oh, that's interesting. And then they have the like how they would translate it as like in English. Like if they were actually translating it. And then the spirit of the word of the phrase. And then each one has like notes about like why they would translate it that way. Good lord. Like it's in depth. Wow. And are really cool. And I think I only took off a star for this one. This is they have two volumes on them. I wish they had a lot more. But I probably would go ahead and buy it because it was just such a good resource and mm-hmm. and just really awesome. But and you pick up a lot of the Japan has a lot of these politeness levels. That was the other thing. Yeah. They have politeness levels, mm-hmm. so there are like often multiple ways to say the same thing. But depending on how you say it, it like indicates like status, like right. relative status, and like whether you're looking down on someone or whether you respect someone or whether like they're at a much higher level than you. So there's all the social nuance. So they label everything with politeness levels. That's so clever. So clever and so good. <laughs> and I was so impressed by it. And the only reason I knocked off a star in the end was because there was one comic they chose near the end that was like, that involved AIDS. And I was like, <gasps> you didn't. And it wasn't like, awful but also it was enough to be uncomfortable and i was like what you could have picked anything Anything. to go here why did you pick this mistakes were made mistakes were made but other than that it was a very (laughs) in terms of a language learning resource jesus christ oh my goodness i can't even oh scales and sensibility scales and sensibility you have you own a copy now right oh we're just gonna throw that okay yeah you win okay if only just because of that one (laughs) if they hadn't included one panel (laughs) i might have won this round but how could a cat-sized dragon not win yes we have talked about this right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So we're going to skim over that one, but you own your own copy now, right? Correct. Because we went to the grand opening of San Diego's latest bookshop. (gasps) Meet Cute! Meet Cute. It's in North Park. Mm -hmm. Yes. Speaking of decisions that were made, (laughs) I made some expensive (laughs) decisions. So they had a grand opening on a Saturday, and it was packed. And it was so hot and oh, crowded. So but then you went outside crowded. to get air and it was worse. Yep, yep. It was one of those. It was like one of the last. And I have literally never seen books fly off shelves so fast before. You couldn't. People were trying to prop up displays. And we, we were trying yeah, to like, prop up we, displays. But also, like, people, yeah. other customers in there, because every, you'd grab a book, you'd grab another book, you'd come back, the pile would be gone. It was incredible how fast they sold out of everything. Yeah. And then later online, they said they'd sold, was it 685? Yeah, and then Laura dragged me through our Laura, text thread. Laura, our number one fan. <laughs> my number one fan. 
apparently Gabby bought 1.5% of all books sold that day. Just rude to point out. I still cannot... I mean, you, you did some damage. I but did. Like, I went in planning to spend money. <laughs> and I went in being like, okay, it's a grand opening. You have to get a couple. I only bought two books. I was so proud of myself. As soon as I walked in, you handed I know, me like they're, they're, three. <laughs> I think I handed you five. <laughs> you were very ready for me to spend Because there, there were all these books that I have as ebooks that I've read and enjoyed. And then they were there in paperback. I know. So that was a really exciting thing about Skills it. and Sensibility. They had a whole bunch of things I'd only seen mm-hmm. as ebooks. And I was like yeah and i mean romance books are just so so easy to read so easy to read (laughs) (laughs) you knew immediately where i was going it's just soothing and fun and just i don't know why i don't read them more i don't i well you know this i spent most of the last month laid up Mm -hmm. and sort of unstable mental health and all i could do was keep reading mediocre paranormal romances. What? <laughs> That's what they're there for. <laughs> and at the end of every one, I'd be like, am I going to read the next one? Why will I read the next one? I will. <laughs> but, why? but why? And that's why. Well, I didn't get all the way through the series because because oh. the, the couple changed every book, right? Uh-huh. And I hated the first couple so very much. Oh no. And How'd you get past the first one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I keep saying, like, I don't know why I kept reading. I don't know why I kept reading. Oh no. But, like, like they did improve after the first one. That's why I kept reading. But I hated the first couple so very much. And then on book five. What'd you hate about them? Five. I guess that maybe is, that is wanted... for a whole okay. bonus episode. I was going to say, these are the ones you wanted to do a bonus. Where I have. So this is your Green Creek. Yeah, my my Green Creek equivalent. <laughs> These are the Elder Races books by Thea Harrison. And one day. And it's either book five or book six. Goes back to that original couple. Uh, and so I was like, okay, nope. cutting the cord. No. <laughs> I'm done. Amazing. Did you consider just skipping to the next one? Yes. Because there was one not main character who got her own book at one point. Mm-hmm. This really just smart-ass shitty human being of a harpy <laughs> like i kind of want to see how that works out but like okay. but it, it sounds like there's all this like world building and stuff and mm. like work global stuff that happens so you might miss some so contents. i am just i just Ugh. quit i thought i have so many other freebie I books don't know. on my e-reader <laughs> i don't know if i could get five books into a series and then quit that would be five books and Four novellas. So many. So much of this. Oh my god. I was so... You've invested so much. So much more. I mean, like, I don't really... I was pretty out of it. So, like, I didn't lose that much time. (laughs) (laughs) The time you lost was not high quality time. (laughs) And, like, even after that, you and we'd be texting with Laura. And I'd be like... You guys, I can't trust my judgment. I cannot trust my taste right now. I'm reading books I would never actually make it through otherwise. There's some fun to that. <laughs> yeah. like, better than just hating everything. Yes. 
but if I'd been like in my right mind, I probably would have DNF'd right. the first one and moved on with my life. Right. <laughs> anyway. And instead, five books and four novels. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They had that first one with a couple I hated at Meet Cute. And I, I remember pointing at it and be like, hey, I'm in the middle of that one. And you were too far away and no one else acknowledged that I'd said that. And I'm really glad they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, uh, saved someone some heartache. <laughs> also, I realized you missed this because you were facing me, but his little poet. Boop, twitch. Oh, there oh, we go. Yeah. Twitch, twitch. Oh, he's awake now. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh. We have my my little demon. <laughs> my adorable little demon. I'll put his picture in the show notes. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> he's sleepy. He misbehaved at class all day. So anyway, all right, and so sensibility. Yes. We talked about that though, right? Yes, we did. Absolutely. Okay. Very excited. Can't wait. I yeah, because they have the paperback now. Yes. Apparently that one started as like a Patreon installment. Oh, okay. Which I did not realize. Hmm. So I think the cover is very silly, but you'll enjoy the story. Sure. <laughs> Next round. Huh. Erp and Chandra by C.P. Ryder. Erp and Chandra by C.P. Ryder. Okay. And you got... Ace. What asexuality oh. reveals about desire, secrecy, sorcery? <laughs> Society. Society! <laughs> and the Meaning of Sex by Angela Chen. <laughs> I knew it wasn't sorcery, but that's what it looks like. That would have been a very different book. <laughs> Amazing. Um, that was another uh, non-fic audiobook read about asexuality obviously and it was very good was very it? very good yeah it, it... it contextualized a lot of things like uh, there was a whole chapter on the intersectionality with the disability on the intersectionality oh. with race on like how does that have like a dark blue cover it's like purple and gold mm. like the ace colors okay oh that's clever mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she talks a lot about diving into a lot of the assumptions that go into heteronormity not heteronormativity but um she has a word for basically the opposite of asexuality as, as normativity allosexuality like i guess sort of allonormativity but i don't oh. think that's what she called it but that's the idea is right. like this default we have that like, is the opposite of asexuality yes yeah and like how a lot of the assumptions that go in that are like so society and culturally based and there are a lot of things that she mentioned even as an ace person that I had never like thought about oh, or that's questioned before. Fascinating. And I was like, this is like so obvious and right in your face, and we all just take it completely for granted. And that's it was amazing. so yes, and I just like never read a book on it before. And it it was I didn't know how special it would be to read something that resonated so much oh. with <laughs> Me and my experiences. Because it's one thing to, like, identify as something and another to, like, actually read a whole book about it and, like, feel it so confirmed and, like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, baby. <laughs> it broke me a little. Okay, you win. <laughs> but you've got I guess you've talked about CP Writer before. Is this from yes. that series? This is, yeah, CP Writer uh, is a local san diego local author san diego. <laughs> um who writes these sort of urban fantasy books 
that aren't like urban. Mm-hmm. It's a desert truck stop town in the middle of <laughs> Imperial Valley or whatever. Right. And so Earp and Chandra is a not a spin-off novel, but a sort of like and this is what these two characters were yeah, doing. Okay. So it was good. And I <laughs> I read the books that came before it and then there was only the Kindle edition, and I don't have a Kindle, so I found this this <gasps> author on Facebook, and right. I was like, "Will you please just make a paperback? <laughs> Anything, please?" And she did. <laughs> so now you can buy Earp and Chandra in paperback online at all your favorite retailers, and not Amazon. Well, <laughs> well, I think you, you could you get could. it on Amazon, but you don't if you really have feel to. like it. But yeah, you still win. Yay! Oh hi. We're a little upside down. A little bit upside down. There we go. You're mm-hmm. going to be famous. Upside down. I love you too. You're going to help us get millions of followers. <laughs> okay, next round. Yeah, next round. <laughs> we just had a lot to say. And, and we're not even done saying it. No. So depending on how we decide to split this up after the fact. We're looking at probably three, maybe four yes. for the whole thing. For all of our mysterious galaxy thing. Um, we made it to the halfway point tonight, and now we want a nap. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go nap in front of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. We're going to light a candle, and there's going to be blankets and books. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> but that does mean we are splitting these episodes, well, this episode into multiple parts. So... For this, the first half of the first part of the first, first half. <laughs> Here's the first hoping. quarter. <laughs> the first quarter or third. Depending on Depen- things. Lives. <laughs> so here's hoping that you have your own, your very own annual throwdown, showdown, one on one PvP. Who's gonna win? Against <laughs> someone? <laughs> your bestie! <Yes. laughs> This has been another episode of Infinite TBR. You can find us on our Twitter at Infinite TBR. And we are individually on Twitter as at What Smack Said and at Gabalodon, which is like Megalodon, but Gab in the front of it. And you can find all our show notes at InfiniteTBR.com. If you have book recommendations for us or questions you want answered during the podcast, feel free to email us at itbrshelf at gmail.com.